So creating content is, you know, a big task. <laughs> I feel bad for music artists a little bit. Uh, I'll tell you why I don't in a second, but I do feel bad for music artists a little bit uh, when it comes to creating content. And the reason that is, is because, I mean, I, I get it. There are so many artists out there that will say to me, Jason, do I have to really be a content creator as well? Like, can't I just work on writing music? Because I, I mean, back in the day, like we'd see music artists really just have to focus on writing music and there were management teams and labels and, you know, um, you know, agencies, booking agencies, whatever, working behind the scenes to take care of everything else. And there was usually PR companies that took care of, uh, you know, various things as well. And the music artists didn't have to think about much other than creating music. But these days it's a different story. Like, you know, you need to wear a million hats. You have to be a, mu a musician and write your own music, of course, but you have to also book your own shows, likely. You have to be your own manager. You have to organize and negotiate your own contracts when that time comes. But most of all, in your day-to-day, -day, whether you are a brand new artist or someone quite established, you're probably going to need to be creating your own content as well. So how do you go about actually doing that? Well, I mean, I've talked about that tons of different ways. And a lot of that comes from finding your motivation, which is the core message of your movement and being able to clearly and effectively communicate that through the content you do. Because I mean, a lot of the problem that I see with music artists is that they aren't quite aware or of or understand the direction they should be creating content. So it seems the possibilities are endless. Like, where do I even start? There is infinite possibilities here for me to talk about. So how do I create my content? This is a difficult thing. It's kind of strange. And ironically, once you put guidelines on yourself, limitations, once you restrict yourself, that's where true creativity can come from. And once you establish your motivation, then you're able to uh, understand exactly what you should be providing. And if you stay on that track, then your content creation process becomes much easier. So for me, I know when I sit down, I'm always going to be talking about behavioral design and its application to the music industry. I'm not going to be, uh, you know, talking about what type of rims you should get for your car. Don't know why that came to my mind, but that's the first example that did. So it's the same type of thing. I mean, that's a kind of stretched, maybe exaggerated example, but by putting those limitations on yourself, life will get much easier. So the reason I don't feel bad for music artists is because being your own content creator gives you full control of your creative direction, your audience growth, and the type of community that you'd like to build. And if once you see that to be a complete strength rather than an inconvenience or a hindrance or something holding you back from getting, you know, doing the things you really want to do, which is creating music, you'll start to see all the creative opportunities you have outside of creating music in content creation that allows you to be equally as creative, if not more creative in it than you could be in your music. And you can see direct response and results. In growing your audience as a repercussion. So yes, I feel bad for music artists in the sense that they have to have more jobs put on their plate these days. But once you see the strength that it is, I mean, you're only going to want to do more of it in the future. That's for sure. I mean, it's a very fun process once you start to see the results that can come on the other side of an effective and resonant content strategy. Anyway, in today's episode, I want to show you a recording from inside the I Am Northbound Inner Circle, where I talk about the idea of hooks and why hooks are the most important things for content creation. Yes, as I I said, at the core of it should be your motivation and the message of your movement. And the, uh, as I said, the guidelines that attracts those that are interested in the future that your music is able to provide them with. But how do you get their attention in the first place? I mean, at the core of it, you could have the strongest motivation and best and clearest message. But if you don't have a strong hook at the start, people are going to scroll on by. So how do you effectively capture and catch attention? Well, you do that with a strong hook. And that's exactly what you'll be hearing about in today's episode. Uh, today, I want to talk about a little bit to do with content strategy. 
strategy. Um, something that I'm noticing is a pretty big issue with music artists and uh, content creators in general, but usually people will sit around and wonder why uh, their views aren't going up and why they're not taking off or why they aren't um, getting the traction that they're aiming to get. But uh, usually it comes from a lack of understanding of the hook and how important it is to grab attention uh, immediately. Now, I've talked about this quite extensively in previous episode of Real Talk when I broke down my ad for the why people aren't listening to your music in less than 60 seconds ad. And I explained about why that worked. And um, I went into some pretty crazy detail on that episode. So if you haven't checked it out, you definitely should. But uh, essentially, one of the first steps you should be thinking about when you create content is the hook itself. Um, A lot of the times when we create content, it's really easy to just zoom in and look at the content on like a small micro level. You know what I mean? Micro level, you know, like a really, really specific and dive into the specific micro level of your content. You know what I mean? So, so uh, when you do it that way, you're not seeing the context of how your content is going to be viewed. And that's the mistake that people usually make is that, you know, they'll record a video of them playing and you wonder why people aren't watching it. And you think to yourself, well, you know, is it because I'm posting it at the wrong time? Are people starting to watch it and then giving up? Or are people watching halfway through and getting bored? Or like, what's, what's the issue? And usually it's to do with a lack of a hook. If you look at social media these days, people have realized this and the biggest content creators have been able to figure this out is that the first second of your content needs to grab attention. If it's not relevant, it won't, people won't stick around. But if the hook's not present, people won't stick around. That's like what separates, in my opinion, amateur content from uh, those, the content made by those who like those who know what they're doing. So you know what I mean? And uh, the difference between uh, these types of videos are night and day. An amateur content creator will take a while to get into what they're talking about. Why, while, sorry, a, um, someone who knows what they're doing and understands the context in which their content is being viewed knows that they only have a second to grab someone's attention. Now, I've talked about this in the past about how there is also a pre-step to that where you have to grab their subconscious attention to make them want to stay on your post in the first place so they give you that one second, which is something that other marketers aren't talking about, but there is a lot of psychological evidence to back that up that we need to be able to get our attention caught before uh, the main hook grabs their attention as well. There's like a pre-hook that's usually visual. And um, we can do that through various neuroaesthetic applications like contrast, um, difference to what they usually see. I did, when I broke down my ad, something that I thought was the reason that this kind of by chance occurred for me, it wasn't even something that I intentionally really thought out, was that when I designed the frame of my ad, if you haven't seen it, go watch that episode and you'll see a link to the ad. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure I put the ad up, the link. But it might be the ad that you saw that eventually led you to be here with me right now watching this episode. And as where I was like, here's why people aren't listening to your music. I'll explain it less than a minute. Um, I'm sorry, not a minute, less than 60 seconds. And I, I deliberately shot it on my webcam because I wanted it to look less like an ad. The more it looks polished and professional, the more chance people have of scrolling on by because they want to see native content. So I did it that way. And I also made sure I shot it at my desk, which just so happened to have, which I would have set up if I didn't have this set up anyway. But I had a big set of like cubes behind me that were full of books because Robert Chaudini talks about in his book, Persuasion, about the fact that um, if you want people to uh, like frame their brain in the framework to learn, or about education, then you use books because when they see books, the spreading activation, the nodes get activated in their brain of books and the words that are tied to that, which is usually like learning intelligence, that kind of stuff too. So essentially, if you want to look smart, put books behind you. And um, I mean, I read them all, so it's not like I just put them there as props, but still that's what I'm talking about, about the pre-hook, if you know what I mean. But something that worked even better for me was to put, it's a dark room and I didn't light it up beautifully and make it really bright and vibrant. It looked very different. And because of that, it's different from what people see on their feet. So I would 
would have caught their attention. I also kept the theme of it dark in as far as the color of the, because I had the frame, but I had the uh, subtitles below it. I kept that dark themed as well because I thought to myself, a lot of people browse on their phones at nighttime. I don't want to have white. And even though that might fit into a usual UI of an of a, you know an interface of a usual social media app, like it could look normal in that kind of environment. Um, people really won't think it's that negative if they get hit with dark mode. But if they're at nighttime and in bed, which a lot of people watch their phones on and my ad comes up and it's bright in their face and they're on dark mode, they're likely going to keep scrolling. Okay. So I wanted to remove that option. These are the types of things I was thinking about when creating that ad. Now you should be thinking along these same lines as well when you're creating your precursor, but trying to set the framework of understanding how people are actually going to engage with your content in the first place. But something that really worked for me was that I had a salt lamp in the background and it was super bright and it was kind of like overexposing the webcam. It couldn't really keep up with how bright that salt lamp was. So I, uh, I didn't, I just had that on in the background to create some interest in the background and maybe even light the bookshelf up more, but add to the vibe of the video because uh, it's got the lo-fi in the background to keep it really chill and not too much like, because I also thought if the video was too much like, whoa, I'm in your face, then people would keep scrolling too. So consider that is that on brand with what you're doing, I'm asking people I was at the time for people to go to listen to an audiobook. So I wanted to keep the flow of what the audiobook was like so they knew what they were getting. And um, I think people make that mistake too of putting too much energy into their videos, uh, especially in this day and age, people can get pretty tired of that because you know we associate it with certain content creators on YouTube that are a little bit too full on. Uh, but anyway, so the salt lamp in the background added that brightness that caught people's attention. I didn't know this till after, but people started hitting me up saying it was because of your salt lamp that like that's what caught my attention to make me stop to listen to your hook. And at that point, I was like, oh, well, I know I'm doing the books and stuff in the background, but I, I was really just thinking like, I want people to hear my hook. Uh, so you have to kind of do that kind of thing to make sure that it grabs their attention. But if you're on a platform like TikTok or Instagram Reels, they're actively looking for content. I know you could argue they're doing the same thing on Instagram when my ad was before, but it was clear that mine was an ad because I had subtitles and that kind of stuff, which is usually in the way that it was presented, not native to the platform. If you're just creating normal content, you don't have to go as hard on the pre-hook, if you want to call it that. I don't know what the word is for it. Uh, the pre-framing, you don't, don't have to go that hard on the pre-framing hook. We'll call it that. Uh, but unless you're doing an ad, but keep that in mind if you are. Depends on what content you're creating. However, if you are trying to create normal content, people usually give you a second or two before they continue scrolling. And that's the traditional type of hook that most marketers talk about. Yet most music artists are failing at this when they're creating their content. One of the biggest mistakes I see on advertisements, I've talked about this before, but it's an ad will start with something like, hey, what's up? My name's Jason and blah, blah, blah. And then you scroll on. Like, who cares if my name's Jason? You don't know me. You don't know what I'm here to help you with. But if I come through and just be like, have you ever tried to release a song before and found that no one listened to it? Yeah, I know what that feels like. That's a hook and that could get your attention. Or another one like, um, here's the top five mistakes that I see music artists make when releasing new music. Like you, I'm sure there's a part of you that, that even then without even being rationally aware of it would have been like, oh, okay, I'm interested. You know, that sounds interesting to me. So it comes down to two things. One is your, uh, are you providing a solid enough hook? And two, is it relevant to the audience you're actually putting it in front of? If you're releasing content and it doesn't do well, but you know that you've got a good hook, you might just be aiming it at the wrong crowd. So try different hashtags, try posting at different times of the day. It could be an algorithm issue with the social platform you're releasing it on, but you need to put thought into what your hook actually is. If you're targeting the right audience with a bad hook, they'll keep scrolling. Okay. Even if they're the, your dream listeners, highly compatible people with your vision. If you don't grab their attention, they're not going to know why they should listen to you. Remember that most people looking at your content, if you're going to a cold audience, will have no idea what you do. So don't assume any prior knowledge. Make sure you hit them with what matters to them, which is the pain point. So you have to understand the value first and then make sure it's prevalent at the very start of your video or any type of content you release. Even if you're releasing an Instagram photo, it has to be in your caption straight up at the front. I suggest one of the easiest ways to do this without it coming off is to info list. You know what I mean? Like you might not want to do a three reasons why or five reasons why. I remember I said that before, but 
like, you know, just anything like here's, here's five reasons why this is an issue or like why that's a problem for you or um, those listicle type videos can do really well. But if you don't want to, if you're not specifically intentionally creating content like that, you wouldn't use that format. So the easiest way to do it is just by asking a question. So say five reasons why. So say, uh, and that'd be like, uh, have you ever felt like this? Have you ever felt like um, this is specific pain point that you're aware that they have because you've studied your audience and know their internal conversation? Yeah, me too. Let me tell you about a time, blah, blah, blah. Now you can tell your story that you're going to tell. Storytelling is really powerful, but only if you get them in with what they should be interested in. If you start with the other day, right? You're going to love this. I was walking around my local shopping center and you wouldn't believe who I ran into. Like no one knows that that's interesting. But if you came forward and were just like, dude, let me tell you about a time that, um, you know, my self-confidence got in the road of a big opportunity. I was walking around a shop the other day and I ran into a friend of mine from high school. Immediately the person watching knows why they should be sticking around. Yet so many people don't do this in their content. It's really easy to know, but it's for some reason I don't see it applied very often. And that you wonder why people aren't watching your content or staying around is because you haven't hooked them in. And all the marketing groups that are talking about social media content, specifically on TikTok, are saying hit people in the face with a hook. Okay, you have to do it. There's no other option in this day and age. You have to be intentional and specific about what the person watching is going to get out of interacting with your content. Now, you don't always have to have a hook if for some reason the shot that you're setting up implies um, almost like a specific outcome, almost like I would say almost like due to kinetic motion, for example, like if uh, a lot of the time videos do well because the video starts with someone running really crazy, like is this guy going to stack it? Is it going to be funny? It has to be in front of the right audience, but that keeps people watching because we like motion. It's why they've also done uh, psychological studies and tests and found out that um, people read italicized font faster because it's leaning forward and it feels like movement and it's like leaning toward the way that you want to go. Um, it's interesting like that. Uh, same reason as to why um, they did a bunch of stuff with like bold text and different typography, but whatever, that's beside the point. But it's it's the same type of thing. You have to imply motion. So uh, people do this in a way that, that used to work where they go, whoa, 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 lose stuff for two seconds. Don't scroll. And then the, no, don't do that because people are so tired of that these days that everyone continues to scroll or even more so they make a point of not watching the video commenting and saying i'm just gonna like i'm gonna continue scrolling so they'll spend more time trying to uh kind of like roast you than they will actually doing what you ask them to do it's tacky and cheesy but sometimes people do on tiktok where they zoom into their face and back out when they start the video just that can be enough to go whoa we'll grab your attention and then get them with the hook so that can work um depending on what your content is but usually the type of content i'm talking about creating is getting you in front of the camera and showing them and another good way to do this is where people start videos halfway through um, a conversation with people because uh, it allows pe- like people on the other end, their brains can't help but try to figure out where they're up to in the conversation. So if it's nothing and then you say, hey, what's up? I'm about to talk about this. Their brain knows that that's the start of the conversation. But if it comes through halfway through a sentence and the video starts with, she never really did that, blah, blah, they'll be like, whoa, hang on, where's, where's this at? What's the context? How do I figure it out? Again, it's implied motion, but it allows the brain to figure it out. People call this pattern interrupt. I don't really think this is qualified or classified quite under pattern interrupt. I think it's just taking advantage of, um, you know, our brain and its natural desire to, it's coming into processing fluency when it comes down to it, because if it's motion moving forward, it wants to imagine where that motion is going and what the result of it will be. There has to be anticipation and there has to be curiosity. So I'm not trying to give you uh, the specific things of like, here's how you create a perfect hook, say five reasons to this, here's the pain point going to that. I've done that before, done it a million times. And there are a lot of people talking about creating hooks with pain points, etc. I'm trying to provide to you the psychological foundation that's underneath it all so you can understand the context surrounding how your content is going to be viewed and how you can take advantage of that so that um, when your video comes out it can't help but grab attention and most people think that the way to grab attention is to be intentional 
in the way you deliver your message. That has probably half to do with it, but more so goes on with the actual, uh, the way your content looks compared to other people's content. Um, one thing you can do is like, if everything, if, think of it this way, if everything's a zig, you need to zag. So something someone said ages ago in a book that I thought was so good. And I've wondered why no one's tried that with their ads before, but every content, every piece of content, sorry, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social feed is, uh, but probably not TikTok cause that's all video, but, uh, imagine where images can be. It's just square. So, or like when it comes to the side, it's straight. Let's put it that way. It can be vertically longer, but it's still straight. But what you can do is create an image. If you have this much room to play in and in Photoshop, shrink the image and slightly rotate it. So it's off axis a bit and just slightly twist it and put white space. So it looks like it's part of the app, but the image is slightly twisted. I'm sure that if people scrolling would stop and go, why is that different from everything else? Their subconscious brain will, it will move it to the conscious brain and say, check that out and have a look at it. And you'll be like, you, the person will be like, damn, that's weird. And it'll be enough to grab their attention to read the caption. If the hook's good, it will keep them. I've never seen people do that, but I have seen plenty of ads in which they take advantage of a basic neuroaesthetic principle. I talked about it in the previous episode of um, whatever the most attention grabbing thing is of the image, emphasize it. And I've seen people do this pretty egregiously, like uh, a photo of a human, but they'll increase their eyes to be like this big or make their mouth a ridiculous, like disfigured shape. It looks like they're smiling, but crazy, just like how a human wouldn't look because then our subconscious brain doesn't process that because that's not normal. And then you see it and you notice it. Uh, but it, I think that's a little bit too um, obvious. And I think that people could think that's kind of like a cheap trick. And uh, they, the people that are still running those ads didn't do it for very long. So I don't think they converted very well. However, if you just take advantage of smaller things that are intentional, but look natural, like thinking about everyone being on dark mode and not wanting to scroll by like I did, things can work in your favor because that ad, usually people say ads fatigue after about six weeks in total uh, on average for like a decent ad and mine ran for over six months. So it goes to show that like it can really work for you if you're able to do that. But go check that out episode, uh, episode out. Sorry, if you haven't already, it's part of Real Talk. Um, I broke down a bunch of my ads that were winning ads that did well and brought in income so that you're able to see what I did and try to replicate it for yourself. But um, yes, yeah, essentially you're trying to get people in with that type of thinking uh, and in intentional display of understanding them. But it's not just about the pre-hook and it's not just about the hook because mine was, here's why people aren't listening to your music unless it's 60 seconds. That's like, I'm taking your biggest issue because I know you and I know what you're going through and I'll explain it in less than 60 seconds. So give me 60 seconds and I'll explain it. Notice how I didn't say, hey, what's up? My name's Jason and I wrote a book called The 40 Songwriter and in it, I talk about the thing called The Listen Path and that's the reason why people aren't listening to your music because you would have continued scrolling. But flip it the other way, hit them with the pain point first, implement different psychological um, precursors to grab their attention even further and then make sure you solve that issue and then if you're doing an ad, direct them somewhere else. But if not, just give them something that can resonate with. You don't have to do it actively like my ad where I'm trying to teach you something. It can just be, let me tell you a story about what I went through so they can build that personal connection with you and your personality and your story, right? And move into your motivation and join your movement. But in order to do that, you have to lead with the hook, get them in with what the value is going to be and then go back to the start. Best way to do it. Anyway, have a fantastic week. Hopefully that's helped you with your content strategy. I'll be back in a couple of days with this week's episode of Real Talk. Till then, be safe. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of I Am Northbound. If you want more episodes of advanced music marketing that dives into even crazier stuff than what you just heard, then go to IamNorthbound.com and join the I Am Northbound inner circle. Every single week, you're going to get access to a ton of content that talks about things that other people just aren't talking about. We dive into advanced music marketing strategies, psychology and its application to advertising, persuasion and scientific research. Trust me, this stuff is information you cannot get anywhere else and will give you the upper hand in growing your audience and getting your music heard. We'll